0: to be back, and thank you so much, Adam, for your warm words of welcome and uh, it 's exciting to be here one thousand nine hundred and eighty nine was the first time that we came, and um, periodically we have been returning and it 's always been a blessing and uh, Now we have almost uh, completed well we have completed more than five weeks since we arrived on the eleventh of February. Uh, we are returning tomorrow on our way home back to Ireland, back to Northern Ireland. We met someone yesterday evening who had a pen pal uh, from just about 17 miles uh, away from where we live. That was amazing to us. This lady had never met anyone else from Northern Ireland, so it was a great joy for us to meet her, and for her, of course, to meet us. But we do come from a very lovely part of the world. We call it the Emerald Isle. That's because it's always nice and green. It's not very big. The island for those of you who do not know is about 300 miles from the north coast to the southern tip and it's about 150 miles wide. So that's our island and on it there are about six and a half million people. We are part of the United Kingdom as you will have gathered already uh, that is a small portion at the uh, uh, on the northern part of the island and uh, 1.6 million people who are British citizens there. And uh, this year, of course, as I've said to you, is a very special year for us as a community in that our Queen is celebrating her 90th birthday and she, was, uh, she acceded to the throne in 1952 so that's a long reign and she is a very astute and very alert lady a wonderful woman uh, we've never met her but we uh, we know a lot about her but today as i've said to you it's all about the king and uh, yet there is more to it than that i want to share with you uh, for these moments together so i'm going to be reading to you just now from the matthew's gospel uh, from matthew's gospel in chapter 21 Uh, All four of the Gospel writers uh, give to us an account of the triumphal entry of our precious Lord as he uh, entered into Jerusalem, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21, and whilst you're looking it up, let me just bring to you greetings uh, from uh, your brothers and sisters in Ireland, They are thinking about us and praying for us, and this morning we have had a text message from our son Wesley, and they are, of course, thinking about us back at, uh, at home, uh, so there we are. And I pray that the Lord will continue to bless you all and minister through you in the days to come. We have enjoyed the fellowship and all the ministry, and we thank God for answers to prayer. Now, Matthew chapter 21, commencing at verse 1. And when they drew near to Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage unto the Mount of Olives, Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village uh, over against you or beside you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord has need of them, and straightway he will send them. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, that is the prophet Zechariah, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, the king cometh unto you, meek and sitting upon a donkey, and a colt the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the donkey and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And we shall conclude there at verse 11. Let's pray together. Loving Father, we thank you for this very special occasion, this momentous day in the church calendar as we think about the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. We thank and praise you, loving Lord, this day that we are Thinking Whilst we are thinking about something that is historic, something that actually happened, we see Jesus today, not on a donkey riding into Jerusalem, but we see Jesus high and lifted up, exalted at the Father's right hand, our great high priest, and yes, our soon returning King. And Lord, we pray that through this day the Holy Spirit of God will work on our hearts that we might be so prepared, adjusted, fitted, and ready for that event that when Jesus comes we will be able to say, Hallelujah, even so come Lord Jesus. I thank you for this day. Thank you for our precious friends here and families that we have known for years, Lord. And we thank you for renewed fellowship and some new people that we are seeing today. And we pray that it will be the beginning of a friendship that will last until Jesus comes and then right into the great eternity. This we pray in Jesus, our Savior's wonderful and precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, as you would probably know, this was uh, Passover season. Uh, Now the people have gathered from all the towns and villages all over the land of Israel. It was mandatory that they should do this. Three times in the year the people were uh, requested, not just requested but as I've said it was obligatory for them to be there uh, at Jerusalem to celebrate and they had come to celebrate the Passover and what a momentous uh, event that was. Something which they were recalling uh, that had its roots right back over 1300 years earlier whenever the redemption night came and the whole nation of Israel uh, were set free from the slavery of Egypt and had come out of the bondage that they had been in and under the domination of Pharaoh. And they have crossed the Red Sea, but not before each head of each Israelite home had taken a little lamb and had it slain and put the blood on the lintel and on the doorposts of the door. And then the Lord said that evening to Moses, Tell the people when that has happened, when I see the blood, I will pass over, pass over you. And so as the Passover evening had been celebrated, and the death angel had come, and the firstborn of Egypt had lain dead in his cot or in his bed, What a weeping and a wailing, but what rejoicing for the people who had so long been in slavery as they set out on their journey toward the land of promise. And down through the succeeding years, God has said, you are to remember this great event, this great master deliverance, this master miracle of Old Testament scripture, this deliverance through coming through the Red Sea, and this deliverance toward the promised land. And they had done that for quite some time, although there were periods whenever they didn't observe the Passover. But this is an occasion now for Passover season. And of course Jesus has arrived for this this Passover celebration. This hasn't been the only time that he has come up to Jerusalem during his earthly ministry. He has been there before, but this time he has come for a particular reason. And the reason was that this time having come, he was coming to reveal himself, to present himself to the people. But of course, as you know, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. They rejected him. And they said, away with him, away with him, crucify him, crucify him. We will not have this man to rule over us so That happened all during the space of a few days. And as the king rides down the Mount of Olives with all the celebration that's going on and all the hosannas that are welling up into the atmosphere and the sky and the whole circumference of the the congregation of the people all around is full of praises and full of rapture and full of welcome and full of joy. And yet amongst the people there were those who were perturbed. Those who did not want this king. Those who were already plotting his downfall. But having come to this point, they're on their way into the city. But having said that and having spoken about that background and that redemption memory and recollection, which of course is so relevant to us today, there is another aspect to it that I would like to kind of try and earth our lives into uh, this Lord's Day. And that is that as he was preparing to ride into Jerusalem, as he was preparing for this public presentation, he said to two of his disciples, I want you to go into the village that is nearby, and I want you to find there a little donkey. And I want you to bring that donkey, because I need that little animal. Now that's just lengthening out the record. And so they go down into the village and there they find a little donkey and they bring it to the master and he uses it to ride into the city. Let me speak to you about this little creature. You know I come from a land that is associated with that kind of little animal. A few years ago we were in Ethiopia and Mr. Edgerton who is a friend of some of you here He said to me as we arrived in Addis Ababa, He said, Eric, have you brought your donkey? (laughs) He said, you'll not need it. There are thousands of donkeys here. (laughs) And sure enough, we had never seen so many donkeys in our lives. But they were all working donkeys. And they worked very, very hard. But here we are with this little animal. And he said to his disciples, two of them, Go and find him. And you know, there are some parallels that I want to bring in that are in the title of my message today, wholly available, completely available. Or if I was to take another very simple term, kept for the Master's use. And I trust today the Lord will help us to find ourselves somewhere in there. And maybe find that God, has a purpose, a ministry, a place for us. You know what he said? You will find this little animal at the crossroads. Now you don't find that here in Matthew's Gospel. But you'll find it at the place where two ways meet. My dear people, if if we're ever going to meet with Jesus, If we're ever going to be employed by Him, then we've got to be found where two ways meet. We've got to be found at the crossroads. And as I look back now in my life, I met Jesus at the crossroads where the two ways meet. And I'm glad for that day I'm glad that that day as Jesus came into my life, met me at the crossroads, and actually met me at the cross. It changed my life. It transformed me from being just someone doing something to become someone doing something for someone. Jesus. What a moment that was. I was not to realize that Saturday evening that meeting Jesus at the crossroads where the two ways of my life met, my way or his way, the self-life or the Christ-life, I came to realize that he had a purpose for my life. Now when you look at a donkey, it doesn't look like a very purposeful creature. It's usually standing there with quite a long face, you know. And it doesn't look too inspired. And it reminds me of the story of the boy who was going to church with his daddy one Sunday morning, and they were passing a farm yard gate, and a donkey was looking over the gate. And the little fellow said, Daddy, he said, There's a good Christian. Why? said the dad. Well, he's got a long face. He's got a long face. Now, my friends, they don't look like they've got much purpose. And that day started for that little animal doing what it had done every other day, standing at the crossroads. But that day was a special day. And maybe today is a special day for you. You are not here by accident. Are you holding on to me now here? You are not here by accident. This is a significant moment in your life. This was a significant moment for the life of this little creature. You and I are not some kind of little creature. A dumb animal. You and I are creations of God made in His image. Made for purpose. And it's when He sends His Spirit to address us, to find us where we are, to suddenly alert us to that fact that this is a different day. It dawned like any other day But it's not going to finish the same. That day changed that little animal's life forever. If it could speak. If it could have told his story. It would have told that story for the rest of its life. Wow, one day I was standing. I was tethered to a post. At a crossroads in Bethany. And near Bethpage. And two men came and spoke to me. Or took me and brought me to this man whom I had never met before who made me useful and usable. I want you to take everything that I have just said and relate it to yourself. You are about to meet a man whom you have never met before. He has brought you here He has brought me here, and you're at the crossroads. Way back in the early days of our coming here, in a church downtown Atlanta, where I met a very much younger David and a younger Bill Chandler, dad and mom. I was speaking in the church that Sunday, and a Filipino. Wife of a young serviceman from here had come home to have her baby. She was in the church. I was a visitor. God spoke into her heart. I had the joy of leading her to Jesus after the service. How amazing! Someone from the Philippines, someone from the island of Ireland. Meeting in one church in a big city with many churches how purposeful is that? How amazing is that? How amazing that in one church in Decatur from one place in Ireland I should come and out of it this man should get a wife and All these lovely children. What circumstances. How amazing God is. You're hearing me? This is a momentous day. For you. You're at the crossroads. And maybe before you leave this church. You are going to meet Jesus just today. At the crossroads. Not only met at the crossroads. But enlisted for the master's use. You are not a purposeless piece of driftwood. On life's sea. God has a purpose for you. He had a purpose for this little creature. It was enlisted. It was taken up. It was incorporated into the Master's plan. Oh, my dear friends, there are so many things that Jesus never needed. And yet in another sense, He used. He creates all things. But look at so many things that He used. He said, Peter, give me your boat. I need it. He said to the little boy, I'll take your loaves and fishes to feed a multitude. And so we could go on and speak about this and that. And the other thing that Jesus employed, now he's come in 2016. He says, I can do all things. I have the power to speak. And it's done. But I am condescending. I am coming down to use You. I need you. I need you. I need you, man, because though I have many men serving me, I need another one. I need you, lady. Though I have many who are involved in my ministry, I have a place for you. And right now we have a lovely girl that we know from a little fellowship way out in the countryside on the other side of the border in the south of Ireland beautiful girl taken out from his humble home a family two girls and a boy and he puts his hand on one girl, her name is Jane and he calls her to Sierra Leone and she's doing a wonderful work in Sierra Leone I need you Jane I am going to use you To lead the boys and girls of Sierra Leone to myself. I am going to use you to touch others for me. Kept. That's what Francis Ridley Havergill felt. The great hymn writer. Kept for the master's use. God has been working silently in your life. Planning for you in love. Because he said there is a girl. There is a boy. There is a man, there is a woman I can use. Let me ask you, are you available? Are you available? Here I am, wholly available. As for me, I will serve the Lord. Giving my little all. Met at the crossroads. Kept for the master's use. Giving him all I am. And all I have. What does it say in the story? It says. This little animal. Was one that had never been ridden on by any other person. It was clean. New. It hadn't a divided loyalty. I couldn't say that. I couldn't say that there was a time in my life when I never gave my service and strength (coughs) to another. Because for some years in my life, I lived my own life and I was a sinner without a Savior. And indeed, after I was saved even, I had my own ambitions. But there came a time when God, by His sanctifying Spirit, came into my life and took me, myself, and brought me, myself, to the cross. Where I said, I am crucified with Christ, not myself, Lord. Not just part of me, Lord, but all I am, all I have, everything I am, everything I have, I lay at your feet, Lord. I will be wholly yours. I will be yours without a divided loyalty, unspoiled, and brought under submission to the Master. You know, we spent some time with a man in one of the revivals a couple of three weeks ago and he had raised mules in his life very well known in that circle of activities now he was a colonel in the United States Army in his life wonderful man great man of God 84 or 81 years of age he is now anyhow You know, you can't work with a a, a mule or a, a donkey unless it's broken. Unless it's brought under submission. And the work of the Holy Spirit today is to bring you and me into submission to the Master. Here I yield myself to you, Lord. There is nothing else I can do. Oh, Lord Jesus... Take me as I am, Lord. Make me all your own. Make my heart your palace and your royal throne. And in our mind's eye, as we watch the sight coming down the slopes of all of it, here is the unusual wonder. Of an animal that has never been tamed. Never been broken. On which never anyone else has ever ridden. And it is walking in sweet and lowly submission. Of course he created it. And it knew the master was on its back. We are somewhat different. We need the cross of Jesus. Jesus to cut across our lives so that we might be brought to that place of submission where we say not my own oh not my own Jesus I belong to you all I am and all I hope for yours forevermore to be let me conclude with this thought yours for one brief service it wasn't a long drawn out event for this animal this little kept for the master's use the Lord needed him the Lord is in need of him tell the owner the Lord needs him and God is saying I need you I need you the world is dying I need you I need you as my ambassador. I can... Oh, what did God say to Hudson Taylor? Hudson Taylor, if you will give me your life, I will walk all over China through you. And that's what happened. And young Mr. Thomas in Wales, God spoke to him and he answered the call of God and he set out from Wales for Korea one Korea it was back then and when he arrived in China a year later with his new bride of a year old or years marriage their little baby was born and it died and a voice said to him Go back to home. Go back to Wales. Go back to Wales. Another voice said. Go on to Korea. Go on to Korea. And he did. He went on. And as the ship that he travelled on. Berthed in Korea. Near Pyongyang. Some pirates. Boarded the ship. And young Thomas. Thomas. From Wales was taken and martyred. He died without ever fulfilling his mission. But the man who killed him took a Bible and papered the walls of his bedroom with the Bible. And a Chinese man came through some years later and began to read the verses and was wonderfully converted. And when he came in the morning to his host, he told him what had happened. The consequence is that the man who had massacred or murdered Mr. Thomas, the young man from Wales, was converted. And the two of them became evangelists and revival spread. And a church was built called Thomas Church. That's half of the story. There isn't time for the rest of the story. But on the site of Thomas Church there is a university today in Pyongyang called Pus University. And that's a remarkable story. But I'll leave you hanging on the edge there. <laughs> you can look it up on the internet. Pyongyang University of Science and Technology. Pusk University. I think you'll be fascinated by what you read. It will not be what you will expect to read. But the church was raised to the ground in the 1940s. And whenever the ground was being cleared in the 1990s for the building of Pust University. They saw the foot walls, the foundations. And some elderly people came by. And they said, oh, this is where Thomas Church was built. In memory of the young man from Wales who died on the shores of Korea. The ministry was not in vain. One brief service. Said young Jim Elliot as he well left university. He is no fool. who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And he flew with that saint down to Ecuador down to reach the Akka Indians in South America. And they landed their little aircraft on on the Sandy Strip. And those native people came out and speared them to death. And five of them were slain on the beach. It seemed like a great waste. One little hour of service. But what came out of it? The very men who had speared them were led to Jesus Christ later on. And Elizabeth Elliot, who only went home to be with the Lord within the past year, spent many years of her life serving the Lord amongst those formerly called Arca Indians. One little life of service, one little hour, but what a ministry. It's not the length of our service that's important. It's the quality of our service. Would you be his for as long as he needs you? And say, yes, Lord, here I am. I am at your disposal. I take my life from myself. I hand it over to you. Lord Jesus, I need you today as my Savior. I am at the crossroads. I come to you. Be my Savior. Lord Jesus, I know you as my Savior, but I shall no longer live for myself. I willingly follow your leading. I will be where you want me to be and I will do what you want me to do. Here I am, Lord Jesus. Take me, my little all. All I am. And all I hope for. I will be yours. Christine was just a lovely young girl in our Young People's Choir back in our church in Bangor in the 1970s. She was 14 years of age. At our New Year convention, God spoke to her young heart and she realized that though the Lord Jesus had saved her, he had a claim on her life and that if she would give her life to him, he would give her a clean heart and a spirit-filled heart and life. And she would be a, a, a servant of the Lord. And Christine stepped out in one of those New Year convention services, just 14, and put her life on the altar for God. Later in the year, I came home from doing school assembly one morning, and Yvonne met me, and she says, "Eric, you'll not believe this." She said, "Christine." is dead Christine came from the 11 o'clock break in school mid morning as it is with us back home she sat down on a seat with her friend and buddy at school and the next thing she fell over on the floor and she was gone she was gone before she reached the floor She had a little missionary money bag. And all the money that Christine had saved went to serve the Lord. It would have been for her missionary work. But you know, out of it that night, after the funeral service, her brother took me by the arm and he said, Eric, come into the kitchen with me. He said Eric I need to be saved. He was the one last one in the family. And I knew him. He had run away from a gospel in revival two years or three years earlier, while his brother had got saved. He had run off home, got the car and left. This was now this boy. 20 something years of age he said if I had died I would have been in hell but God took Christine to bring me I am ready and down on his knees he went in the kitchen floor and I led him to the Lord Jesus that was the last family member of the family circle to be led to Jesus His father put his arms around him that night and said, Welcome, son. Welcome to the family of God. Maybe today is the day for you to put your life on the altar for God. To bring yourself to that point that he is bringing you to. And say, Yes, Lord. Now is the time. I will be yours. I am available. And you can make me usable. He will. Let's bow together for a moment of prayer. Lord Jesus, we know today that it's not the years of our life that are most important but the life in our years and we have all ages here this day father little ones teenagers young people older people you see us Lord not by our age you see us by our hearts And we thank you today, Lord, that there's no one that is useless. No one whom you could never use, not use. You can take even the most elderly. And if they will put themselves at your disposal, be led by the Holy Spirit, come like this little donkey of which we've been speaking today and hear that voice. I need you. I need you. The Lord has need of you. You say, yes, Lord. Whatever you want, I am ready to yield. I need you as my Savior, Lord. I come. I have been bright, but today I am away from the Lord. I need to come back to the Lord. There are some things in my life that I... Hold on to some besetting sins in my life that I have not yet let go. Lord, I let them go now. I surrender. I surrender all. All to you, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Lord, help someone to come today just as they are. In the precious name of Jesus, bless us, Lord, in these special closing moments of the service just now. We ask this for your name's sake. Amen. I'm going to ask a pastor to come and just to bring our meeting to its conclusion. As you feel led, Brother Adam, or whoever's doing this, you sister, are you the one? It's over to you folks now. Amen. And if you feel you need to come, you just come. Uh, I don't know, you can take a seat at the front or whatever your role or pattern is, you do what you feel you need to do.